The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome to this Monday edition of our podcast and live stream devotional. Uh, we are so glad you're with us to start off the week together. And we greatly appreciate just the privilege to be part of your day. Hope you had a great weekend. I know this is Labor Day weekend, so there's a good chance that many of us are not watching this live. Uh, I can you guess this was recorded yesterday, recorded Sunday afternoon, so that I can enjoy my day uh, Monday. And uh, so for whatever reason, you've got other things going on, maybe you'll catch this at a later time. Uh, we're in Colossians chapter 2. So if you're following along with us, Colossians chapter 2, uh, we're going to be picking up in verse 12. And there's some great truths, great things that are unique, really when it comes to what Jesus did on the cross for us so many years ago and really what that means practically. I really hope these will be a help. I know just looking at them and studying through them, uh, it's a great reminder of God's working and grace in my life, and I hope it's an encouragement to you. Colossians 2, beginning in verse number 12. Uh, Paul's talking to the church using some figurative language, but language they would understand. Verse 12, he says this, Buried with him, with Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein ye also are risen with him to the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. So he goes back to the picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, where Jesus went into the ground, under the grave, buried with him. And in doing that, it was truth that he died. His, he shed the blood and died for us to fulfill prophecy and all those things. But also, when he came back from the grave, he, gained, he conquered the grave by coming back alive, resurrected from it. And so he was buried with him. And he goes in through faith, we are raised to life again. So the picture, I hope we understand the picture of baptism. Too many other churches of people want to say the baptism is, well, I gain salvation through baptism. No, baptism is a picture. When I, but he's using, he's describing these pictures right here. When we're buried, we, we go, we, our old man, that human part of us, that fleshly part of us dies when we get saved. We allow it to die. We move forward in that. And it's buried. And then we when we get salvation, we gain this new life. Now, I wish I could say that our old man was completely gone. Unfortunately, it's there. It never goes away. But we understand it no longer has control. Not because the flesh is gone, but because the new man's there. Now we have something to help us to navigate the battles of the flesh, the wrong and all those. We have someone to drive us and direct us in the right attention, right direction, that being the Holy Spirit. We've gained this new life being raised with him from the dead. There's this part of us that was there but needed to be generated by the Holy Spirit, which it is, that spirit inside of us. So then verse 13, he continues, and you, speaking of us, the church, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of the flesh. We talked about in another episode what it meant by that, so I won't go into a lot of detail on this, but your uh, sin and your uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he, Jesus, quickened together with him having forgiven all of your transgressions, And so he, he talks about we were dead in our sin. We were dead in the fact that the old man had not been shed away and we were, we were just lost without God. So being lost, we're not going the right direction. We're not doing the right things. Our thinking isn't even right. And we're headed down this way and we really... Today, uh, yesterday morning or Sunday morning, we referenced the idea in the morning service about the blindness uh, of the lost world. Not in a critical way, not in a harsh way, they are seeking for truth, what they really believe to be truth, what they really believe will bring peace and help and answers to the world. And they're responding in just the information they have. But the problem is, the battle we look at is they're blind. So they're, 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 
They're kind of running around using other senses, all the other senses they have to get the answers to the world, when the truth, the, 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 what we need to see, only comes from God. So it's kind of like feeling around a room saying, I think this is the problem, I think this is the solution, and Jesus says they're, they're blinded to the truth. And so they're missing the obvious truth. And that's what he's saying happened to us. We were like that. We were lost in our sin, having no true answer. He says, we, but when we were dead in those things, he has quickened us. I love the idea of quickened us. He has revived that part of us that is able to see this. And so it'd be like we were quickened, blind to these things, and God has enlightened us. He's kind of turned on the light to the reality of what is true, turned on the light to the reality of what needs to be done, what answers we're looking for. And so we come out, we see these things, but we're no longer blinded because we see the truth. He's quickened that part of us. Because so, the thing we have to remember is every one of us, study Romans 1 and 2, every one of us were created with... Uh, uh, the inborn evangelists that need that we know, then there's, then there's creation, both of those things proving that God exists. We're all born with a need for, a, for God. Uh, the world sometimes sees it as a superior being, and a lot of times in today's culture, we place man ourselves in that spot. But the fact is we're born with a need, or an, an understanding and a need, that there's more to this life than just a freak accident. There is a God, and we know that, whether we want to admit it or not. But we don't fully understand all of that. That's why religion is so popular today, but yet so empty. So when he quickened us, he revived us, he made alive that part of us that we were created with, and he opened our, and all, opened our eyes and our understanding, and he, he, he activated and revived something in our life that was dead due to sin, that helped us to truly see the reality of the world. The reality of Jesus, the reality of what we really need. He's quickened that. He's made alive that part in our lives together with him. Then he said he has forgiven all of our trespasses. We look at their life and we say, man, I wish I hadn't done this. He goes, I've already forgiven all of them. It's intriguing. You say, well, he doesn't know what I've done yet. Actually, he knew all that I had done because when he wrote this, we were still future. He's already forgiven all of it, which is a whole different conversation than for today. Uh, but then he says in verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. The handwriting of ordinance would be, today would be like a warrant. Someone has put out a warrant, and, and when they, oh, this warrant or this judgment from the, from the judge, and it's been signed saying, due to the judge, you've been convicted of these crimes, and now you need to be punished. He has taken those ordinances, those judgments, those papers, he's eliminated them, and he goes, really kind of the picture is he's nailed our own Faults and judgments are what we, we, we've been proven that we deserve the punishment. He's nailed those things to the cross, paying the punishment. When, and when people were crucified in those days, because Jesus was not the first one crucified, it was a relatively normal way of death penalty. What they would do is they would take this warrant, this piece of paper that had all of the things that they had been accused of, or all the reasons they're hanging on the cross, and they would nail it to the cross. So anybody who looked and saw why this person was hanging there, they could look at above them and say, these are the things. So he was, a, he was a murderer, he was a thief, or whatever it would be. It was a great reminder to the world, if you do these things, you're going to end up in the same place. Well, what they did for Jesus is they nailed on top of him, king of the Jews. Well, that, well, that's what they were accusing him of. They accused him of blasphemy. He really wasn't, but he actually was. And so that's why he was there. Well, the picture here is that in that same place, all of our failures were nailed there. And simple, the picture is he took all of our punishments and our wrong that were validly ours. We did wrong, and he, they've been nailed to the cross, and he's paid for them. He didn't just forgive. He paid the punishment for all of them. And then he says in verse 15, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He has eliminated God, Satan's power in our lives. 
He has eliminated Satan's power in our lives. We can, we can be afraid, and don't get me wrong, you can't handle them on your own. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, you can. He has forgiven our sins no matter what. He has eliminated the judgment against us. And then he's eliminated Satan's power against us. These are the things that we look at today. These are the things that we live in strength with. That we have this victory, not because what we've done, but because we, he has done. And not only has he forgiven our sins and given us a new, new direction and quickened that part of us we needed to grow. And then when Satan comes, and one guy, I read a guy this morning, he, earlier today, he was making a comment. He said, anytime you see somebody point a gun at you, obviously it's a bad thing. You, but you don't always know if the gun is empty or full. He said, can you picture when, when Satan wants to hold the gun to our head, he, Satan doesn't want us to know that the gun's empty. And when you have an empty gun, it's pointless, really. And that's the picture. He wants to threaten us with all things he can do, but because of God, God in our life, because we've been saved and quickened, he can't do anything to us. He can oppress us and he, he can come at us, but in all reality, he can't really do anything to us. Uh, we have the power. He says, Jesus says, greater is, uh, greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. Now, we've got to be walking with him. We've got to be, in, be filled with the Spirit. We have to understand that. But he has given us that opportunity, that freedom and that power to have freedom from this. So I encourage you, as, as you think about it, don't, don't, you know, all the world, they want all these things they want to add. Hopefully we're good enough. God's already done it. It is finished. It is done. It's complete. We've been given victory. We've been given power. And we, in the power of the Holy Spirit, can move forward. So don't, you know, he's forgiven your sin. Don't live under guilt of that. He has blotted out any reason that you would be condemned to hell. It's already been dealt with. He has eliminated Satan's power over you. Live in freedom. And if you're not living in freedom, we'd love an opportunity to explain how you can have that freedom. Well, thanks again for joining us on this Monday morning. What a wonderful privilege we have to take a few minutes in God's Word and look into the Word of God. I really hope it's a help. Hope it's an encouragement. And I greatly appreciate the, part, the fact that I can be part of your day. And I hope you stick with us throughout this week as we continue the book of Colossians. Thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.